is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Monday Rewind. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Once again, my name is Dave Brown. You know, we've grown tremendously here at American Snippets since we started the podcast three years ago. We've come a very long way since our first interviews. We've made a lot of changes. But one thing that has not changed is the caliber of people that we bring to you as our guests. Our guests vary in platforms, net worth, networks, backgrounds, and, and in a lot of other ways. But one thing that they have in common Common, that they all have in common is their inspiration and their commitment uh, and how they exemplify America's core values. And we interviewed uh, Corey Sauker way back in episode number nine. Her story continues to inspire us and others today. Corey and her husband, Mark, have been foster parents for years, bringing children into their home, already overflowing with eight kids of their own. And what makes the Salkerts extra special is that they foster and even adopt infants and young children who have been given terminal diagnoses. They love these children and give them the best life that they can. And under their care, these children thrive in ways doctors didn't believe possible and live the fullest lives that they can. Today, the Salkerts have three of these special children in their family. So listen to this episode of Monday Rewind to catch nuggets of inspiration and wisdom from everyday Americans who give everything they have to serve those who need them. So without further ado, here is Barbara Allen with Corey Salker. You're listening to the American Snippets podcast. Tell us about what you had a job or you were a perinatal nurse. Right. Yes. Um, I am a registered nurse and uh, have been for almost 29 years. Um, graduated in May of 1988. Anyway, we have eight biological children and a couple of them are married and another one's almost married. And so we're expanding our family that way. Um, eight biological children, like I said, and I worked as a nurse for like the first five years of our marriage. And then I took about 10 years off to have my kids and raise them. And then went back to work in, I think, 2003. And I had worked in hospice and I went back to work in OB thinking, you know what, I'm going to go to the other end of the spectrum and it'll just be sweetness and light. Because for the most part, that had been my story. I knew some women who had had miscarriages or a stillbirth, but um, it just wasn't, I, um, my world hadn't included that very much. I didn't get to work on the maternity floor for very long before I found that it happened a whole lot more often than I had anticipated that women would come in and not find a heartbeat or that they would have the baby and the baby would die um, shortly after after birth. And so that hospice background that I had that makes someone run towards the danger in that kind of situation um, stood me in good stead, given that I definitely had patients that they needed that kind of care and concern. A family member had died, and I will fight with anybody who says hospice doesn't apply to babies or to you know, children in the womb. I'm sorry, a family member has died. Someone has been lost, not lost. These babies are not lost. That term, I don't like it all. Mm-hmm. Um, this family needs care uh, uh, for their grief and that it's not just, oh, go home and have another one. Like, you know, children are just replaceable. Like you lose your shoe. Right. Um, so there was a care and a concern that I could bring to those situations and I could not change that that baby had died or that that baby was going to die. What I tried to do was just make it a little less 
tragic and that possibly there could be some good memories in there so that when things were sifted through afterwards that they had photos and that they'd had a chance to hold their baby and that footprints were made and that that baby had been dressed and blanketed and given some dignity and some holdability. Okay, so then you fast forward three years and we have been through, quote unquote, worst case scenario. And all of a sudden it's like, you know what? Death was not the worst Thing. So when we got a call in August that there was a baby without the right or left hemisphere of her brain, just the brainstem, she did have a skull, so she was not anencephalic. Um, that mom had, dad was not in the picture, that mom just could not do it and had said, I can't, and left her at the hospital. And they called and they said, all right, you know, we knew that this was something that was on your heart before. What do you think about bringing her home? And I said yes right away. And then I wasn't quite sure what my husband was going to say, simply because he had been so hesitant three years before. And when I told him that there was this child that we could bring her home and care for her and that she would be a part of our family until she passed away, he said, let's do it. Let's go for it. Wow. You know, what's her name? And I said, well, she doesn't have a name. And he said, well, we're going to change that. This baby is not going to be carried out the back door in a bag and buried and no one will be crying. So we carried her out the front door. She was chosen and she was cherished and she has a name and she was known and she's missed and she is still loved. And I would drove by in the cemetery today and it's like, you know what? Your body may be in that grave. Girlfriend, you are running and dancing and flying free at this point in time, able to do what it is that her little body, as broken as it was, was never able to do this side of heaven. So there is her tears have been wiped away. Ours are not yet. Yeah. But the worst case scenario that then was not that she was going to die, but that she would die tucked away in a corner in that NICU where she you know, she wasn't really even held to be fed. She had a pump that was doing that for her. And uh, I don't know if you remember the Sesame Street song that says one of these things is not like the other. One of these things just doesn't belong. When we walked in there, there's all this flurry of activity with all the other kiddos and they're all hooked up. She was wrapped in a blanket in a wood crib off to the side. Oh. And it, okay, Chica, this is not where you belong. Oh. We're taking you home. And uh, she lived for 50 amazing days and went to the beach and the bank and the bookmobile and a Winona Judd concert, have baby, have oxygen tank, will travel. And uh, she lived quite large in the time that she had here. And she died right here in my arms with my heartbeat. And then she drew her last breath and woke up in heaven and there was no pain and there was no struggling and she was not alone. That That is... Um... It is amazing and that you you choose to focus on life instead of death and you are you take it to a literal sense when you say every day matters. You know, you don't just put that on a bumper sticker and drive around in a minivan and say every day matters. You know, you you live it and you make sure that every day every single day does matter for people and they're people, you know, they're babies, but they're people. Um yeah who don't have many days and you you're a good reminder that every life every life deserves a life so you started also working with families 
who were going through this. Is that what I, and I wasn't quite. Yeah. Bereavement specialist. So I was an OB nurse and then um, tacked onto that. I became a bereavement specialist that dealt and then developed a role um, at our hospital that I called the program Halo Hope After Loss Organization and uh, would come alongside those families as a hospice nurse during a time when their baby died. I wanted that loss of that life and of that dream and of those hopes validated. And I didn't care how far along they were or what, you know, because quite honestly, somebody who is um, eight weeks along and loses that pregnancy has a different, a little bit different grief than someone who is 38 weeks and has a stillbirth because typically at the eight week mark, you have nothing tangible to hold. And at the 38 week mark, you know, you have, it's grievous, but there can be different reasons why you're, you're grieving that, that same loss. So to say to someone who's 38 weeks that theirs is more valid than one at eight weeks. No, it's just slightly different. Right. A family member has been lost and you know, you have the suddenness of knowing that it's, that, that it's taken immediately and you don't have any idea that it's coming. And then you have, you know, babies that are sick in the womb and then they have weeks to get adjusted to, I'm going to have this loss. And then there's a, a, there can be a sense. And I, it was huge for me to, to encourage them to embrace the time that they had. If they found out that the 18, 20 week mark, that that baby had a fatal, fatal fetal anomaly, that they didn't have much time left. It's like, you know what, then go to that baseball game and go to that symphony and take that child, wherever it is that you think that, you know, you would want them to go while that baby is still in the womb go and have those experiences and make the most of each day that you have all that heartbeat is still ticking instead of being so consumed with grief over that next couple of months or three months that you made no good memories at all. And, uh, you know, so I, there is so much that is sad and I have wept over you know, this 13 year old was up and running as of last summer and then spent four days with, you know, some really terrible seizures and has not spoken or gotten out of bed since then. And there's so much sadness over that. But if I leave it there, I just end up with this sense of despair and I can't live there. So it's like, okay, what can you change? And what do you have no power to change at all? I cannot change the fact that that child's going to die. But what I can change is whether or not those physical needs are met and as much as possible, that child is not going to be failure to thrive because they don't have any nurturing, but that in spite of their broken body's condition, they can still thrive because the difference that being held and being touched and being loved makes is, is actually tangible. And not just intangible. And it wouldn't even matter. Um, I was told that this child was vegetative and had no meaningful communication with his world. And I always take that with a grain of salt. It's like, thank you so much. I appreciate your medical. (laughs) And now I'm going to take this child home and treat them like the human being that they are. And, you know, we'll just go from there. And uh, Emmeline 
one of the things that she would do is she would get very uncomfortable and, um, you know, her face would grimace, but Mark would take her and he would put her head, even though it was full of fluid and not a brain, he would put, tuck her up under his chin and he would sing. And the vibration of his voice as she laid on his chest would calm that baby down. Wow. So you can tell me vegetative all day long. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. All right, there you have it, everyone. That wraps up another episode of Monday Rewind. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you want to learn more about Corey Sauker uh, and everything that she does, I highly encourage you to go back and listen to episode number nine. You can also go to americansippets.com forward slash newsletter. Check out uh, Monday Rewind. Uh, also listen to our Op-Ed Friday show. And every Wednesday, we do a full-length interview with an amazing guest. You can catch all of that over at americansippets.com forward slash newsletter. And I also want to invite you to join our patriotic, uh, freedom-loving community and coalition of Americans who believe in personal responsibility, believe in liberty, freedom, uh, faith, the American dream. Uh, and we're as a community, we're giving back. Uh, every month, we give 30% back to charities that support uh, veterans, military, active duty military and their families, police and first responders, as well as at-risk youth and their families as well. We would love to see you inside. Go to greatamericansyndicate.com to learn more. Appreciate you being here today. Now go out there and show the world how exceptional you really are. Yeah.